Welcome to the Illuminations Media Network. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner and Dr. Edwin Locke. When should you compromise and how do you do so fairly? It's important that partners resolve conflicts promptly, fairly, and respectfully. Conflicts can often be settled by compromise. We use the word compromise here to mean collaborative resolutions in which both parties get at least some part of what they want. Sometimes there can be creative solutions in which both parties get almost everything they want. We are talking about practical compromises, not moral compromises. By talking and brainstorming with your partner, you can make a list of possibilities and then work to find the one that works best for both of you. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com and you can buy The Selfish Path to Romance at amazon.com. This is Dr. Ellen Kenner, clinical psychologist, taking your calls right now. Do you have a question on romance, work, parenting, leisure activities, any personal issue? Call me now, toll free, at 1-877-DR-KENNER. That's 1-877-DR-KENNER. For a while there, you try kidding yourself that you're going with an unmarried man. Then one day, he keeps looking at his watch and asks you if there's any lipstick showing, then rushes out to catch the 714 White Plains. So you fix yourself a cup of instant coffee, and you sit there by yourself, and you think. And it all begins to look so ugly. And that's from the apartment. It looks so ugly. What looks so ugly? It's the kidding yourself. Yes, she's having an affair. And yes, he's a married man. But the deepest pain is that you've been lying to yourself the whole time. You've been trying to pretend that he'll leave his wife when it hasn't happened. Or you're trying to pretend that he isn't married or the wife doesn't exist. But guess what? Your mind constantly integrates. It constantly is attempting to connect facts to make sense of your world. And if you're working against it, if you're using your mind to disintegrate, to fake reality, to fake facts, to make it seem like that he's a wonderful man and he's not married and there isn't a lot of baggage here and that you're not making a fool of yourself or spinning your wheels or wasting your romantic life on a man who's unavailable or only half there for you, then you're really self-destructing. So think about that idea of kidding yourself. And you can ask yourself a question. It's just a quick check. Is there anything that I'm aware of where I'm kidding myself? I'm faking reality. I'm trying to pretend that something is not so because it's very painful to look at and I don't want to know the truth. People who are overweight do this a lot. They'll say, I want to pretend it's, you know, fat is beautiful. People who are drinking will say, I can hold my drinks. You're kidding yourself. You don't ever want to do that to yourself. I'm Dr. Ellen Kennedy. My show is The Rational Basis of Happiness, and you can pick up the phone right now and call me and ask me any question that you would ask a counselor or a therapist. I'm a clinical psychologist, and you can jot down my number in case you think of a question next week or a different time. My number's toll-free, 1-877-DR-KENNER. That's toll-free, 1-877-DR-KENNER. And even though this 
this is not therapy. It gives you all an opportunity to get some free advice. Again, the number's toll-free, 1-877-DRKENNER. And I've got a lot on the agenda coming up. First, what happens if your 12-year-old son tells you that he had a sexual experience with his buddy, another 12-year-old guy? What if you find them in the act? What do you do if you're a mom or a dad? You know, what do you make of it? What do you think? And you can imagine parents are going to catastrophize. They're going to think the worst. So think about your own sexual experiences very early on. What were they? And I bet some of you had same-sex exploration. And that doesn't mean that you're gay. Okay, next. You got an odd phobia. You fear people who chew gum. Now, that's really strange. Now, where did that come from? Well, one listener tells us where that comes from, and we'll talk about that problem. But what problems does that cause? Can you imagine being with someone who's smacking and popping and chewing their gum, and uh, you just have this urge to go up to them and scream at them and yell at them and cause World War III? Well, one listener has that problem. And again, as I said, we'll take that coming up. Also, you've got a four-year-old adorable nephew. And he's really cute. He's sitting with you. And then he goes into, I want to kill everybody. And I'm going to take a knife and stab everybody. And he says it with intensity. And he says it often. He's got a heck of a lot of anger built up. That's a tough one. How do you cope with that? It's scary stuff. And you're not the mom. So are you meddlesome to kind of interfere there or what? Finally, what happens in a psychologist's office? I had an instructor who once was telling his class, I was in his class, he said, be very careful when you get into role plays. And he said, I once had a client who was very angry towards his father, furious with him. And I was just sitting there saying, let's role play. I'll be your dad, you be you, and just let your anger out. Now, my instructor is not a burly man. He's a slender man. And he said he found himself thrown on the floor, looking up at the man, ready to punch him out. The client was truly getting into this role play. So what happens behind the closed doors of a psychologist's office? Are there bouts of yelling, of name-calling, of mockery, electric shocks? Or is it a dull repetition of, "Uh uh-huh, I see. Tell me some more. And a client just says, you know what? I'm going to change because I'm going to die of boredom with this this therapist. Well, later in the show, I'll be talking with Dr. Corey Newman, and we'll be discussing how a cognitive therapist, cognitive means thinking, a a therapist who deals with your thoughts and how um, how your thoughts connect with your emotions, how a cognitive therapist would run a session with someone who has a substance abuse problem, for example, alcohol. Again, I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner. My number's toll-free, 1-877-DRKENNER. And right now, I'm turning to our after-hours line. Hi, Dr. Kenner. My name is LaTanya, and I have a question regarding blended families. My daughter father just recently got married and me and him had a lot of unfinished business and it's almost like he wants me to uh, just adapt to the fact that now he's married and I'm having issues with that and I don't want it to affect my our daughter so I just wanted to get some insight in terms of how to handle that um, now that you know he is now married and um, I just feel like that I'm being rushed to just get over it and adapt and I'm having, I'm having difficulties with that. 
Okay, you have no choice. You are being asked to rush to get over it and adapt. And what's the alternative? To make it hell for you, hell for your daughter, and hell for everyone. You can't do anything. He's already married. If you're really angry with him, then you definitely want to get yourself some psychological help. You want to speak to a therapist. At minimum, at least keep a journal and write down all your thoughts. Hide it. This is not something that you want your daughter or any family member or your husband to find, or you can shred it afterwards so nobody can ever find it. But you need to be able to articulate what precisely that unfinished business is. What is bothering you so much? Is it that he had an affair with this woman and you'll never forgive him and you want to get him back by keeping your daughter away from him? Is it that you still love him? It's that unrequited love and how dare he marry her when you still want to run into his arms? That you've got to deal with and you need to deal with it independently. He may or may not be willing to talk with you. Sometimes couples will have a session together. Uh, it's very awkward now that he's remarried. But it, it's your job. It's not his responsibility to deal with your unfinished business. If he's not paying child support or if there are unfinished uh, loose ends around custody issues, then of course you need to talk about that with him. But you can't, what can you do at this point? It's like you, you've got to treat your mind well. And once you realize that it's a fact that he's married, then you need to work within those bounds. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenny. You're listening to The Rational Basis of Happiness. And coming up, we have a lot on the agenda, what happens in a therapist's office and what happens with a kid who is screaming, I want to stab everyone. Dr. Ellen Kenner in your phone calls. Toll free, 1-877-DRKENNER. With the Great Courses Plus video learning service, you'll get unlimited access to the world's greatest professors, history, science, literature, even how to cook or take great photographs. Start your free trial today at thegreatcoursesplus.com slash radio. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by Drs. Kenner and Locke. The ability to compromise is essential when you become parents. The significant responsibility of caring for children throughout their growing years requires that partners have excellent communication skills, including methods of fairly dividing up child-rearing responsibilities. Otherwise, misunderstandings grow, small slights ignite large fires, and the soulmate relationship perishes. Wall Street Journal writer Sue Schellenbarger reported on this phenomena in a 2004 article titled, And Baby Makes Stress, Why Kids Are a Growing Obstacle to Marital Bliss. Three reasons cited included debt, overspending on the baby, confusion over roles, who should be the stay-at-home parent and who is the breadwinner, and the inability of partners to talk without fighting. Download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com and at amazon.com. Do you know that overwhelmingly, current research points to the quality of leadership in an organization as the single most defining characteristic for ongoing success? However, it's not just the quality of one leader or even a few at the top. The driving factor for high-performing organizations is the presence of an overall leadership culture. For over 50 years, FAR Associates has set the standard for helping organizations integrate exceptional leadership qualities into their cultures that dramatically improves performance. FAR has shown thousands of organizations the bottom-line benefits to improving the quality of their leadership's decision-making, reducing conflicts, and how to inspire those they influence to deliver their best work. When you visit FAR's website, you will see 
the solution which will create a leadership culture that drives organizational performance? Because leadership at every level is what creates lasting results. Visit FAR.net today. That's F-A-R-R.net to learn how to create exceptional leaders that will transform your organization. The future. It's where you'll proudly watch your son graduate from college. It's the place where your daughter will climb management ladders instead of the tree in your front yard. And it's where we always find ourselves sooner than we think. Since 1907, BB&T has been helping to make the future a more comfortable place by giving you a full range of investment choices to reach your financial goals. To obtain a prospectus containing complete information about fees and expenses, call BB&T Funds at 1-800-228-1872, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This prospectus should be read carefully before investing or sending money. Shares of BB&T Funds are not FDIC insured or guaranteed by Branch Banking and Trust Company or its affiliates, and, like all mutual funds, involve investment risks, including possible loss of principal. BB&T funds are distributed by Bysis Fund Services. BB&T, you can tell we want your business. Are you having trouble getting a merchant account? Maybe you need an international payment gateway, or you just got rejected by another merchant account provider. No problem. IPayTotal wants your business. Our high-risk merchant accounts allow you to accept all major credit and debit cards. Our Moto Payment Gateway allows accepting transactions on the phone. IPayTotal delivers payment solutions and products to help grow your business. Contact us now for your payment processing at IPayTotal.com. IPayTotal, your online payments partner. Now is the time to unleash the power of your mind and start feeling amazing. Boost your confidence, lose weight, stop smoking, release stress, and more. Visit beyondhypnosis.org and experience how hypnotherapy merged with light and sound technology can take you to higher levels of emotional and physical well-being. That's beyondhypnosis.org. We now offer customized virtual sessions, in-office sessions, and hundreds of hypnosis downloads and healing meditation music in our store. That's beyondhypnosis.org. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance by Dr. Ellen Kenner. The ability to compromise is essential when you become parents. The significant responsibility of caring for children throughout their growing years requires that partners have excellent communication skills, including methods of fairly dividing up child-rearing responsibilities. Otherwise, misunderstandings grow, small slights ignite large fires, and the soulmate relationship perishes. Wall Street Journal writer Sue Schellenbarger reported on this phenomena in a 2004 article titled, And Baby Makes Stress, Why Kids Are a Growing Obstacle to Marital Bliss. Three reasons cited included debt, overspending on the baby, confusion over roles, who should be the stay-at-home parent and who is the breadwinner, and the inability of partners to talk without fighting. You can download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com, and you can buy the book at amazon.com. Hobbies or friends come between you and your spouse? Are you the only one doing any work around the house? Now's your chance to talk about it with Dr. Ellen Kenner, clinical psychologist, taking your calls and questions on communication skills, friendship, or any personal issue. Call her now, toll free, at 877-DR-KENNER. That's 877-DRK-E-N-N-E-R. I can't stand people. I hate them. Oh, yeah. 
Do you hate them? No, uh, but I seem to feel better when they're not around. Hey, barkeep, uh, two scotch and water. Like, what do you do? I drink. Now, what do you do if you're, if you yourself have a substance abuse problem, whether it's alcohol or drugs? How do you kick the habit? And how many times do you have to go to rehab or to get into AA or some program to get rid of the habit? With me today to talk about substance abuse and how, how to think about it differently and maybe help yourself is Dr. Corey Newman. He's the director of the Center for Cognitive Therapy in Philadelphia. He's an associate professor of psychology psychology at the University of Pennsylvania. He's an exceptional therapist, an international lecturer, and he's the author of several books, Choosing to Live, Cognitive Therapy of Substance Abuse, along with Beck, Wright, and Lease, and Bipolar Disorder, a Cognitive Therapy Approach. He's energetic, he's smart, he's playful, and he's an effective teacher. Welcome, Dr. Newman. Thanks very much. Happy to be here. Great to have you on the show again. What happens if, if I'm someone like Hank, and I say to you, you know... I know I've got drug problems. I know I drink more alcohol than I should. You know, I know I can go through many six packs, or not maybe not many, but I go through <laughs> maybe a lot. You can. Yeah, and uh, and but you know, I can control it. I can really control it. And my wife complains, but hey, you know, I drink in the morning, and I then I, I work a late shift anyway, so I can sleep it off, and then I go to work in the afternoon, and when I come home. You know, early morning, I say hi to the kids, then I drink. They're off at school, so it's like I have a, a, a little zone in my life where I drink. Big deal. It's well, not uh, affecting okay. anyone. I'll break out of role for one moment here and, and just tell you all the things that would cross my mind as Hank's cognitive therapist. Okay. First of all, he's ambivalent. That on the one hand, he says, I know I drink too much. I know my wife's upset with me. But it's really important to me. I enjoy it. It's a big part of my life. I feel like I have it under control. Please don't take this away from me. And I'm going to be making a mistake if I rush in there judgmentally and say, essentially, thou shalt not do any drinking. You must be abstinent, blah, blah, blah. Certainly, clinically speaking, I am trying to help him attain, attain the goal of abstinence um, because in this particular case, it's very clear there are lots of negative consequences he's already facing, and yet he's using what we call permission-giving beliefs. Since cognitive therapists look at people's beliefs, how they structure their lives, how they make sense of things, one of the ways we make sense of our lives is, well, okay, what does it mean if I do this habit? Well, is it good? Is it bad? A permission-giving belief is a way we sort of fool ourselves or seduce ourselves into thinking, well, it's okay this time. It's okay under these conditions. His permission-giving belief here, which I will hope to tactfully point out to him at some point when we have a good rapport, is that it's okay to use a lot of alcohol, maybe even drugs, under certain conditions like maybe only on the weekend or maybe if I know how to hold my beer really well or if I know it doesn't interfere with my work. But it's really a fallacy because and I have a, a colleague, Dr. Marianne Layton, who had a great analogy. She said that when people say, well, I only drink or use cocaine on Saturday and Sundays or it doesn't, it doesn't uh, affect my job or my, or my marriage, that's like someone saying, I have a, a swimming pool out back and it has a P zone and a no P zone. 
which of course is ridiculous because if you're going to contaminate one part of the pool, it will in fact diffuse and make the entire pool um, contaminated. Same thing goes with drug abuse. That if you are putting drugs and alcohol into your system, into your body, it's not going to make a difference whether it's Saturday or Monday or Friday. It's affecting your organs. It won't matter if you drink on the weekends versus the weekdays. You will, you will still not be as effective in your job or as a family person if you've been drinking and drugging heavily, no matter when it is. And so my job is not to be judgmental and say you're being really a bad person doing this, but to point out that there's cer certainly a um, problem with the way he's thinking, that he is fooling himself with this permission-giving belief into thinking everything's fine, but things aren't fine. And you're saying that with, um, with these permission-giving beliefs, he also has an awareness, as you said earlier, that ambition. He has an awareness that he'd love to kick the habit. I know I'm drinking too much. So that slips out in the conversation. I That's know right. I'm drinking too much. It's, I don't know, six-packs, several six-packs. I don't know. And But then he comes in with the buts. That's right. But it's just a little, or it's only once, or it's a little bit now. And, and these words are a tip-off, exactly. When people use words like a little bit, just, only, those are the kinds of words that are trying to sugarcoat things, make things okay. I just want to have a drink, you know, it's after work. I only snorted one or two lines. Um, I really just want to have a little bit of, of, of this stuff. If you hear someone saying that... Or if you're saying it to yourself. Or to yourself. Say it again, but take out those words. Take out the just and the only. Don't, don't say to yourself, I just want to have a drink. Say, I want to have a drink. Cool. Don't say to yourself, I only want to have a little, I only want to use a little bit. Say, I want to use. And you take out those words, and suddenly it becomes very stark. What you're saying is, I need this, I want this. It sounds more desperate. It sounds more like an addiction. Bingo. And then it's harder to act on that. If you say, I want to drink. That's right. It's harder to, to follow through on that because it's your own mind's recognition that you've got an alcohol problem. You'll tend to take the problem more seriously. And, and a big part of treatment for substance abuse, a huge part of it, is getting the person with the problem to take it seriously and look in the mirror and say, you know what? This is starting to really affect my life. I can't have this. That's half the battle. Right, because the benefits that they perceive are genuine, too. You know, right. it gives me relief from my job, from all my problems. I don't have to think. And but those, not thinking are, is the problem. Those are other beliefs we deal with, the beliefs that put a glow on the effect of the drugs and alcohol. I need this to be social. I couldn't be a happy person without this. I'd be miserable if I didn't drink. It's my one pleasure in life. Why would you I, rob me of it? That's right. My comeback to that would be, well, as long as you really view this as your only source of pleasure, certainly you will hang on to it for dear life, even if it kills you, pardon the pun. But maybe if, with your permission, with your collaboration, we can talk about how you can have other ways in your life to have some joy and pleasure, which right now it seems like you don't have, yeah. or at least you think you don't have. And that's the big hurdle. Then we're back into what you and I have talked about before, which is people having difficulty facing and what they perceive as an overwhelming number of problems that's in their right. life that the alcohol or the drugs are drowning. It's, it's quicker and easier to use drugs and alcohol to feel better temporarily, but quicker and easier isn't better. 
better is being able to help yourself through coping, through managing problems, through finding a better way, through using your support system, through using your personal strengths and skills. Um, your thinking skills, fundamentally. Thinking, thinking skills, absolutely. Right, and that's what cognitive therapy offers. I'm with Dr. Corey Newman right now. He's the director of the Center for Cognitive Therapy. And if you could give a website for people, for people to um, contact where they could find out perhaps if there's a cognitive therapist sure. in their area. There um, is a group called the Academy of Cognitive Therapy, and the, the website is, in one big blurb, Academy of CT, at CT as in Cognitive Therapy, academyofct.org. On that website, you'll be able to find therapists, cognitive therapists who have met the high bar of uh, criteria for being in this academy um, in almost any state in the USA and many nations as well. Okay, and thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Corey Newman. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner, and you're listening to The Rational Basis of Happiness, and I look forward to being with you again next week. Your future hasn't been written yet. No one's has. Your future is whatever you make it. So make it a good one. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance by Drs. Kenner and Locke. Judy and Lance were planning a vacation but disagreed over where to go. Lance wanted to go hiking. Judy wanted to go to a beach resort. Some ways in which they can compromise include taking separate vacations, hiking one year, going to the beach the following year, spending half of the vacation hiking and half at a beach resort, doing something else on which they both agree. When you are open to brainstorming with your goal being a mutually satisfying solution, you have the freedom to be creative. Tips for compromising successfully. Stay solution-focused. Know what is negotiable and what is not, morally and personally. Know basic methods of compromise and brainstorm together to find solutions. You can download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com. And you can buy the book at amazon.com. Hey, Michelle, what did Jamie's teachers have to say at PTA tonight? Great, except for math. Jamie's math teacher says that she spaces out during class and that she failed her last algebra exam. That's a big problem. Mm, we went through the same thing with Kevin. But thanks to Math Made Easy, he's made a complete turnaround. I've heard about Math Made Easy. How does it work? They've got these terrific video reviews in all levels of math with dynamic teachers who engage students with easy-to-follow explanations. With Math Made Easy, students control the pace of their learning. Math Made Easy even comes with a 30-day risk-free trial. Wow, I have nothing to lose. Right. Math Made Easy is a proven tool that will boost Jamie's grades and her confidence. It's an affordable alternative to pricey tutoring. Here, let me text the number to you. It's 1-800-USA-MATH. Or you can visit mathmadeeasy.com. Math Made Easy. 1-800-USA-MATH. 1-800-872-6284. something? Been inspired? Feel motivated? Well, that's the whole idea. Thank you for listening to the Illuminations Media Network. Until next time, peace and blessings. Blessings.